0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited, and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your
1: host, Cindy Stewart. Today I'm going to talk about family revival. And um, on prophetic night, I gave a word to Sharon. Joe wasn't here. I think he was, uh, didn't get back from work. You know, that working for a living. That's what God calls us to do is work. But the word I gave to them was there was going to be a revival in their family. And, uh, there were ser- all of us, I think there were six other words that went with it or five other words from our prophetic team that went with it, but I have not been able to let go of that word. Amen. It has just reverberated. I'm just like shaking over that word. And you know, when there's a move of God, we need to declare the move of God so everybody can hear what's going on and they can grab a hold and move with what God is doing. Yes. Um, so I want to, That's what I'm going to talk about. And like I said, I gave them that word and I actually went back. Noah sent it to me this morning and listened to the word again. Um, it says that and I'm just going to read it to you and then we're going to kind of press into it. It says things that have been planted in your family's heart, things that have been hidden and have been lost. They uh, will be rising up in them and create a desperation to turn back to the Lord. And when you hear this word that I'm saying, I want you to grab a hold of it. And we're going to do something at the end to activate the word we're hearing. But but God is resurrecting the seeds that have been planted in our families. He is resurrecting it. And what we have to understand is that... We want our family to do what we want them to do, right? Because uh, that's who we are. (laughs) We are bossy people. (laughs) But God is working in them and is asking us to be prepared to receive them as they begin to have that stirred up within themselves, a hunger for the Lord. And many of them won't even know what's occurring to them. Um, And the, uh, the rest of this word was that, and this is for us, we will become like the city on the hill. That they will come to us for answers and we will be like a pinnacle point for our kids that will spread out within our family. And a movement within the family to serve the Lord. And revival is coming to them that will flow like a river of living water. That is preparing for the legacy for the generation to come. So that is that is what God is doing. He is stirring up the seeds that have been planted. And um, I'm going to share a little testimony. And I've shared parts of this before. But I, I talked to my son this morning. And he said, yes, that's great, Mom. My son was, of course, brought up in a Christian home. We went to church every Sunday. We were at church probably four nights a week because we were elders, we were pastors, that type of thing. And in about the middle of his high school years, he began to pull away. And you could see it, we could see it, but you can force them to come to church, but you can't force them into a relationship. So he still went to church but his, he was somewhere else in his heart. And, um, and you know, he, he uh, you know, we'd pray together, all that. He, he would go through the motions, but it wasn't his. It wasn't his ownership. And he went away to college. He went to a very liberal school up in the Northeast, had a great education and had a great pulling away from the Lord. He did go to the on-campus church there, and the church was a, whatever feels good to you, that's what we are. And that's what they said, whatever you believe, that's good, that's who we are. And so he went there once or twice, and because it didn't feel right, he never went back. So he spent the next eight years, probably, partying and having a great time, and, uh, we spent the next years laying on our face and declaring that there's no way right. that that he was not going to come back right. into the arms of Jesus. Right. And we kept declaring God's pr- protection over him. We, we declared, I mean, uh, and I, we weren't shy about sharing our heart of what's happening in his life. He dated a witch while he was in the Northeast, but she was a good one. Right. I'm like, it does not work that way. But though I could say it, and though it was a seed, that's all it was. It was a seed that had no root. It was a seed that had no fruit. And uh, so finally, uh, we were able to break that off, you know, cleanse, kick. (laughs) So then he comes back, and on his way home, he came to my ordination at Morningstar, He's graduating from school. He stops by because the ordination was in Charlotte at Morningstar. And he gets a word, a word that meant nothing to him but wrecked me because we knew that God had spoken. And we knew that God had spoken over his life. And um, he's like, yeah, whatever. So I'm like, whatever, what? No, but... He got such a strong word about the mantle that he carried and the uh, leadership anointing that was going to transform people's lives. And he came home and said, that's great, Mom. Moved in with his buddies and partied on, partied on, and partied hardy. Uh, And I I know I've told this before, but while I was in college, sometimes I would would get up in the middle of the night praying, and I would call him in the middle of the night, and I'd say, where are you? I'm going back to my dorm, Mom. I said, good it's three in the morning, you know. But I mean, it was a war. It was a war. And I had my friends praying. I, I had my family that believed praying. And we were just declaring, there ain't no way. Right. There ain't no way. And, uh, and I would tell God, your promise, your word says, and your word is active. And I am not letting go to that word is alive in my son again. So it was a huge, huge battle, uh, a lot of tears, a lot of frustration. At one point, I wrote him a letter about the anointing that he carried because I could see it. I knew it. I also wrote included in the letter that the struggle that our family had uh, with partying, uh, as you would say, and uh, and how that that becomes a generational line that carries from one generation to the next of drinking and partying and and, and not living according to the word of the Lord. <laughs> so through all of this, uh, he begins to date someone and he's decided they're probably going to get married. And I'm like, ain't no way. That was my new term. Ain't going to happen. Ain't no way. And it wasn't because she wasn't a wonderful woman. It's just that she wasn't the one for him, which means he was not the one for him for her. So uh, again, God would give me dreams in the middle of the night. He would give me warning dreams and I would share them with him. I would say, you know, God is showing me. And you know, if you're not following the Lord, then God is showing me. It's like, you know, whatever, whatever. But I knew that there was enough in him. That he might not be willing to say with his mouth, okay, mom, but his spirit was being rocked inside. Right. And we didn't fight. We didn't, we didn't argue. I did not hound. I just prayed and I shared whatever I felt like the Lord told me to share. And so um, they reached a point where they were pretty serious. And I said, we got to do something, God. And it's on you. So you get that worked out for me. <laughs> and he came, he gave us an idea that, so I offered to send them to couples counseling. And that would help them kind of work through and get prepared and all that kind of stuff. And they said, yes. And I said, you can pick anybody you want with both fingers crossed my elbow. But I sent him a list of a couple of people. Well, he picked someone that I was like, yes. That's the one I wanted, God. So, and as they went through the process, within a very short period of time, my son knew that that was not the right marriage for him. And it took her a little longer, but eventually they did break up. And, um, and he had started going back to church and et cetera. And I knew his heart wanted to get married. So I began to just saying, Lord, it's time, it's time. So he left the church he was at because of complications of being in the same place uh, with the person you just broke up with. And he went to another church, and within months, he saw his wife. And he called me up, and he said, Mom, I'm going to go on a date. And he said, Don't worry. He said, I'm not in a hurry. And I said, Honey, you are ready, and God knows you're ready. So I've been praying that he would bring someone quickly so that you wouldn't have to go through that process of, uh, you know, waiting. And so we, he met her, and he met her, and he knew. And we met her, and we were like, okay, it's, she's in, it's done, how about tomorrow? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, of course, they've been married for a few years. They've got a couple of kids and all that good kind of stuff. But it is the goodness of the Lord to fulfill what he has promised over our family. And it is the responsibility of us to battle until that promise is fulfilled. And I could not change my son's behavior, nor was I gonna battle with him over it because I didn't want it to divide us. because we're a very close family. We all talk all the time. You know, if there, there is no secrets in our little bitty pod, because if someone tells us, then we all know it. You know, we just do group text. <laughs> it's all out here. It's all on group text. But what I learned through this process was God is faithful to us. And he is faithful to our family. And he is faithful to what his word says. But there is the hell of the demonic trying to break up, divide, and keep us from believing, from standing, from praying, from interceding, from declaring that our children are going to be saved. And I want to, I want to read a couple of scriptures. We're going to start with First Kings 13. And we're going to do something at the end. Because I know how many of you have someone that they're praying will come in. Part of your family, part of your, okay, we all do. So uh, we're going to go after that because there's the anointing of the oil. There's a move of God in bringing the family to serve him uh, back together. And as we come back together within our family, it's a revival in the body of Christ. The harvest is outside of the body. The revival is within the body. And he's going to revive the body of Christ like we've never seen before, bringing home the ones that were lost. So First Kings, maybe I should go there too, because I don't have it memorized, believe me. This morning, I was just like shaking, God is doing so much. Um, Verse uh, chapter First Kings uh, verse one. It says, "Behold, a man of God went from the Judah to Bethel, by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, said, 'O altar, altar, thus says the Lord: Behold, a child.'" Josiah by name shall be born to the house of David and on you. He shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burned incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day. This is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So I want to talk about. The prophetic word that has been spoken over the prodigals we are are waiting for to come back. Each one of us carry a prophetic word over us. There There are prayers that went before us. Five years, 20 years, 100 years, 200 years for us. There are people who might not have even been our family that had a call for... for us to come in, to, to raise up the evangelists, the prophets, the apostles, to raise up mothers and fathers. There are prophetic words that have been spoken over us that we may not even be aware of. And there are prophetic words that have been spoken hundreds of years before over our descendants and our descendants, descendants, descendants that God is moving on right now. So uh, that's that's the word over Josiah. Several hundred years before he was even born, the prophetic was call was made out for him, and I just want to show you that in Second Kings twenty-two. It says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. So it came to pass hundreds of years before the proclamation of who he was going to be came to life, was fulfilled. What proclamation are you carrying over the ones you're waiting to come in? And if you don't have a prophetic word for them, ask the Lord to give you a view of what they carry, what their call is, what their what his insight for them is, because that's what you start calling forth. That's what you start declaring over them. You break every lie that the enemy has spoken that they will never come in. We're going to break that lie. You break every lie that it is hopeless. You break every lie that you've done all you can do. Because when you've done all you can do, it makes room for the Lord to do what he is going to do. Sometimes we get in the way of what the Lord's trying to do because we're trying to... uh, power it into place. We're trying to strong arm it into place. We're trying to muscle them into believing. And all we're doing is creating distance and friction and um, um, a place where they don't even want to be around us. And we understand what the Lord says and we understand what is right and wrong. But if they're not in a place to hear from the Lord, then they're not going to understand when you tell them that is not unto God. And they may not even care. Literally, they may not even care. Because just as Suzanne uh, shared, he was like, I don't believe that. But what we do to call them forth, to bring in that, prophetic anointing on them and to agree with what God has agreed with for them instead of being so focused on what they aren't, get focused on what they are. Get focused on who God's called them to be. Get focused on what the word says over your family and that you are not letting go until that word comes and is resurrected in your family. It is manifested in your family. We are not letting go until we see the fullness of God in the land of the living, right? We're not letting go. And, um, you know, the interesting part of this is, is, you know, this happened over probably 10 years. And some of you may have been waiting longer than this for your family to come in or child to come in or your brother or sister to come in. Uh, Some of you may be waiting a lot longer than that. Um, I know my sister, I don't think she ever watches, but even if she does, hi. Uh, She she really got a radical encounter with God when she was a teenager. She was just kind of like an evangelist, wanting to share it. And then uh, she married someone who was, uh, New Age, they believed in the and car and all this other kind of stuff that was popular back then. And she just doesn't believe. But who cares? Because she will. I know the Lord made a promise to my mom before uh, she passed away uh, that none of her children would not know him Amen. and Amen. serve him. So that's the promise. And even as the kids, even she knows the promise. So even as kids, we'll, kids, we're grown adults. But as we talk, a lot of times we'll say, remember the promise. Remember God's promise. And that's what we have to declare is we have to dig in, find out what is God speaking over the ones that you're contending for. And begin to declare, begin to find the word that goes with God's promise to us and not let go until we see the manifestation of that person coming into the kingdom. Because this is a wave right now. And we have to grab a hold of the wave that God, we need to get our surfboards out. We need to ride that wave that God has released right now and be a part of bringing forth this move of God in this time. It's not, you know, Uh, I'm not going to go there. Okay, that's good. That's good. That is really good. (laughs) What I was going to say is, you know, we have a little bit of controversy happening in the body of Christ. And um, we can take scriptures that would compete with the thought that we are to go after our family. But God is showing us right now that it, there's a family wave. There is revival coming for our family. There is a family wave where we will all serve as one. And my son is a pastor of a church, and him and his wife are about to move to uh, Arizona, and he'll uh, work for a church there. So it was like the flip of the switch happened, and it was a suddenly. It was a suddenly. Ten years Suddenly. I mean, think about it. That wasn't a suddenly for me. It was about time for me. I was like, God, thank you, Lord. But it's about time. But you know what? God's not going to strong arm them and we can't strong arm them.
0: Right, amen.
1: We have to find where the spirit of God is moving over them and begin to decree and declare and agree with it. And I'm telling you guys, you're going to see it. You're going to see your family start to stir up and begin to ask questions. And, you know, so they used to tell me, especially when I first started, um, you know, going to school and all this kind of Bible school and all this. Well, you know, it's usually someone else that's going to lead your family, not you. Well, I don't have to believe that either. I believe that there will be other people that will speak into their lives. There may be other people that that uh, fan the flame or start the spark or whatever. But. I have a love and a passion for my family. And I want to be an outpouring over my family. I want to prophesy over my family. I want to declare over my family. I want us to get together and talk about Jesus and how amazing he is. I want to be a part of that. So I'm not going to count on someone else doing it. I'm going to prepare myself. Prepare myself before the Lord, receive his word and all that he has for me so I can be prepared when my family comes in my direction and says, this weird thing happened. And it made me remember something when we were in Sunday school, when we were kids. Do you remember that? I don't know if I remember, but but go ahead, tell me. (laughs) I want to hear what God is doing because that's what he's doing. He's stirring up the seeds that have been planted. He's, he's putting root to the seeds. And you know that when there's root, that means that things begin to start growing inside of us. And then all of a sudden, when there's extra growing inside of us, there's not room for the other stuff. So that begins this transforming work inside that suddenly there's questions. Suddenly there's Google searches. Suddenly there's a ponder of Well, I've I've had my sister say, well, pray about that. I'm like, or she'll say, I'm praying about that. I'm like, what? But it doesn't matter. I don't say, oh, you can't be because you're not in the kingdom and you don't know Jesus. I'm like, awesome. Let's do it together. We've got to let loose of our religion. And allow the Holy Spirit to flow through. We got to allow the Holy Spirit. Am I going to have a debate over something that I know is an issue? Or am I going to find what God is doing and begin to stir that up? Begin to fan that flame. I'm not going to pick your scabs. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to poke you where I know It's going to create inflammation. I'm going to get out that healing salve of Jesus and start rubbing into the places where we have commonality. where, Where I know God, the Holy Spirit is moving. So I am going, that's what I'm going to rub. That's what I'm going to press into. What is the Spirit doing over your life? I can see it because I have eyes to see what God is doing. I can hear it because my ears are open to what God is saying. I can feel it because the Holy Spirit lives in me and he gives me that sense of what's going on. So I'm not going to pick your scab. I'm going to rub you with the love of Jesus. That's what I'm going to do, and I just want to give us a couple of scriptures here, because there's so many words in in in, uh, in the uh, there's so many scriptures in the Word that talk about God bringing the families back in, bringing your sons and daughters back, bringing your families in. And I know uh, Matt had mentioned the other night when we were giving that word over uh, the plants. That he was talking about Cornelius and how his whole household got saved. Right. And, uh, and Lydia in the Old Testament, I mean in Acts 16, her whole household got baptized. Yeah. Well, we understand that in those days, their whole household all lived in the same house. Right. Right. Their servants, everybody lived there. And we don't have every child, every grandchild, every brother, every sister. They don't all live in the same house with us. But we have the Holy Spirit that can, can wave the presence of God in their house. Oh, well, they have demonic stuff in their house. Who cares? Who cares? The Holy Spirit is much greater than anything demonic. Oh, well, well, they do this. I can't worry about what they're doing. All I can worry about is the word says that if I follow Jesus and I am obedient to him, then my children and my children's children's children will come in and serve him. That's what I know. That's what the word says. So whatever they're doing, I am releasing what the word says about them. And the word says that my sons and my daughters will come from afar. The word says that there will be generation after generation after generation serve the Lord because of my faithfulness. The word says that our children will be taught by God. So if God is on the move over our family, I don't want to be an obstacle in his way. I want to be part of the wave. I want to be when the Holy Spirit begins to pour over them that I can help the splash, the refreshment of God come over them. I can help minister to them in a way that they feel familiar because the Holy Spirit has already begun the work that he's begun. And I believe that if we're talking about the kingdom coming, if we're talking about revival happening, if we're talking about a harvest, then right now we're talking about how do we handle the move of God across our loved ones that don't know him? Do we jump in the middle of the move and join God in what he's doing? Or do we critique Assess, do a spreadsheet. We got to move with God. There's a move of God over our family. And a revival is going to happen within our doors. And we're going to be so amazed when last year at Christmas... We, got, we couldn't really talk a lot about Jesus, but we could talk a little bit about it, where this year at Christmas, we're not going to be able to hold the voices down from declaring the goodness of God, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's what we have to realize is happening. And I, I am so excited because, I, you know, you, you can see it, you can feel it, you can taste the move of God. Yeah. And if, if it's that tangible, then I want to be a part of what He's doing. I want all of us to be a part of what he's doing. I want to see when your families come visit, they don't want to say, oh, let's go to beach Sunday morning and go, like Larry said, let's go see your tribe. Yeah. Let's see those crazy people you hang around with. <laughs> let's see what God's going to do. I want to be a part of it. I've heard so many testimonies. I want to be a part of it. That that's the excitement. Yeah. Let's go to the outpouring. Let's see what God's going to pour out. Yeah. That's what I want. I want all of us to be on ready, set, high alert and be able to see what God is doing in our families so that as it comes in, as it comes through, one person at a time, three people at a time, doesn't make any difference to me. We're preparing for a big family reunion in September. Lord, let it be according to your word. Let it be where there are divided houses there that we all become one under you. God, let it be that not one family member will walk away without an encounter with you. God, let it be that we will not be at strains with each other over the name of Jesus, but we will be at one with each other over the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one other scripture and then we're going to do this. Honey, will you get those cards ready for me? Chuck's going to pass you out a, a, a what's that called? Index. Index card. Yes, There this. And what I want you to do: there's pins in the front of the of the seats. What I want you to do is I want you to write the people's name down that you have waited for God to bring in, and we're going to declare over them uh, that they will have an encounter with God, that they we will declare over them that the seeds that have been planted, because we've all had seeds planted, there's seeds planted in us that haven't given life yet. You know, there's still seeds that God wants to grow in us and expand in us. So get a pen out. I want you to start writing names. And uh, while you write names, I'm just going to read this scripture. I'm going to read two scriptures and y'all can write while I do it. The first one's Isaiah 59, 21. It says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants from this time and forevermore. So the word that God has put in us will not depart from our descendants and our descendants, descendants. And the last one is out of Isaiah uh, 60. And it says, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. So get ready for God, for God to bring your people to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you will see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. You will see and become radiant. Because your heart shall swell with joy. While you're writing, I'm gonna read this one too. Isaiah forty four it says, And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourse. Isaiah forty four, and then Isaiah fifty four thirteen it says, All your children will be taught by Yahweh, and great will be their peace and prosperity. So, Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. That we're going to see our family come to life. We're going to see resurrection power over them. The things that have been planted in their hearts, that have been hidden, that have been lost, will rise up. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to ask you to stand. You may not have them all done. I want you to keep working on them. This is going to be your project, your homework. You're like, I don't have homework for church. Yep, do now. Because we're going to pray over them. And um, we're going to declare and believe that God is pulling in our family. That this is a move. So Father, we just lift up the names and we say to you, thank you, Lord, that your word says that because we serve you, that our descendants and our descendants, descendants, descendants will serve you too, that they will know and love you, Lord. We prophesy over them their destinies, their calling, their anointings, uh, their gifts. God, we prophesy over them that they will come to life. We prophesy over them that you will send uh, workers in their way that will stir up the seeds that have already been planted within them. God, we call back the ones who have known you and have gotten chaos and confused by the enemy's plan and have walked away. God, we break the stronghold over the schools, the colleges, uh, from elementary up through college. We break the stronghold of lies that you do not exist. Lord, we we break the blinding of the eyes that I just see there's a mask that's put over them where they can no longer see. So God, right now we command that mask to come off and we release vision. You know, uh, yes, we release vision. Job said, I've heard you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes see you. So, God, we just declare that their eyes will be open that their ears will hear, that their spirit will come alive by what you've already planned for them. Lord, we pray even that they will get promotions and new jobs in an anointing that you have called them to, and that will help them align with who you are and your purposes for them. Lord, we're praying for families and husbands and wives that wherever there is brokenness in our families, that there will be resurrection life over them, that that the the enemy's uh, uh oh gosh, I can see it. The enemy's desire to divide a husband and a wife will be bound now in the name of Jesus and we release the marriage covenant, the love for each other to be stirred back up and that you will be the middle of that seal there, Lord. And God we just thank you, we thank you that we're gonna see The texts start coming in. The phone calls start coming in. And they may not come in saying, oh, my gosh, I found the Lord. They're going to come in with soft, gentle questions, with awkward curiosities. And, Lord, we will be so heightened to your sensitivity, to the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. We'll know the right answer in due time. That when they call, we'll know exactly what to say. And, Lord, teach us where to hold our ground and where to ride the wave so you can move as you're going to move so lord we're just saying that <laughs> that our family revival is now yeah. Yeah. we're saying that everyone who has lost is coming home yeah. god we're agreeing with your word That they don't have to eat slop out of a pig's trough when they can eat at the banquet table of the Lord. So, God, we just call them out of the muck, out of the pig's trough, and we call them to the family table to enjoy the banquet that you have planned for them. And Lord, we thank you that every addiction will be broken down in the name of Jesus, that every lie will be revealed. That every, uh, what I see is uh, when, when people are taken hostage, there's a bag put over their head. And that what I see, Lord, is you pulling the bag off so their senses are awakened again that they're no longer muted by the bag, but their senses are awakened again. And God, we just thank you that you are doing a work and we've come to agree with and to step in to the work you've called us to. And we bless and honor you, Jesus. We thank you that not one will be lost in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us today.